episode 87, Jason Cochran. Hey, it's Nikki Llewellyn and you're on Gut Plus Science. This podcast is on a mission to increase engagement at work. And on this show, we equip CEOs and people first leaders of all levels to make impact. Let's get to it. Hey, it's Nikki, and we're back on Gut Plus Science today with Jason Cochran, a good friend of mine who is the co-founder of I Aspire, a thought leader, and just a wonderful human being who's truly trying to equip leaders with culture best practices, really getting to the roots of DNA, the DNA of what you've laid as the foundation to be able to truly shift culture and create that incredible thing that makes a company special. I'm so excited to dive in with him into the process in which they bring into workplaces to shift and transform the cultures to the ultimate experience. Let's get to it. Jason, can you share some current human capital statistics that help us understand the need to focus on culture and our people as a strategic business priority? Yeah. So what we talk about often is we have a lot of problems in business that are related to culture problems. They're symptoms of things that aren't quite right within an organization's culture. And some of those symptoms that we see are people leaving physically, and that's to the tune of $1 trillion every single year just in the U.S. alone. Unwanted turnover. 20% of the entire American workforce left their job because of poor culture in just the last five years. We've also got people who are leaving emotionally and mentally, and that's in the form of disengagement. And that comes to the tune of $350 billion each year for U.S. businesses. Then we also have the issue, and that is you simply just can't afford to keep your people. There were 24% lower profit margins for companies who did not have a clear culture strategy in place. So they couldn't afford to keep their top people. And then when you throw on top of that, too, the perception of employees, they say 45% of employees indicate that leadership is minimally or not at all committed to improving culture. So there's some incongruence there where leaders might be believed they're working on culture, but nearly half of the workforce in the United States is saying, we don't think that there's a clear path to improving culture. And then one last one I'll share with you is that a recent survey of CFOs showed that 90% of them believe that improving company culture would directly increase their company's business value and performance. So to me, when you take a step back and you hear all of that data, what's clear is that most people in the workforce are saying, my organization doesn't have a clear culture strategy. But then you also have the leaders saying, Yes, we know it's an important part of what to do, but there's a disconnect in terms of the actual execution and tactics that are used to enact a culture strategy and reap the benefits. Wow. So I Aspire teaches and preaches a step-by-step process to building a growth culture. What are those buckets? So there's three buckets when it comes to helping to create and sustain healthy cultures in an organization. Bucket number one is clarity. There has to be clarity within the organization as to what the actual culture values and traits are. The second bucket is we've got to sustain the reinforcement of those values and traits to everyone in the organization. 
And that's going to be through specific kinds of employee experiences that are designed around those values and traits. Bucket three is we've actually got to measure what people are doing. So the things that they are learning is their transfer, is their application of these things they're learning from the experiences that are dripping with the values and traits. We've actually got to have a way to measure their growth, engagement, and activity with those pieces of what we call culture DNA. All right. What does it look like when an organization does not have clarity around culture? Unfortunately, we often think culture and we treat it like it's something that can just happen organically, but there has to be a clear plan with it. One of the questions I often ask is, what would it look like if you didn't have a product strategy with clarity? What if you didn't have a revenue strategy that had any clarity to it? Or how about a leadership development strategy without clarity? If you don't have clarity for a culture strategy, there's going to be a lot of uncertainty and expectations, right? Because people won't know what's expected of them in terms of how they should behave, what their role should be within the organization. And so some of the internal questions or external questions that employees might have is, what should I do when X happens? Something else that'll happen is they may not know how to exactly live out the values. Or maybe in many cases, they may not even know what the values of the organization are. So on the flip side then, Jason, how do companies gain clarity well? What we often recommend when it comes to clarity is we need to think of this in terms of DNA. You need to have some clearly constructed values and traits that are going to act as your instruction manual for creating a growth culture in your organization. What we're going to do is we're going to take those values and traits and we are going to carefully define them into what we call indicators where they can be observed by anyone looking for them. And then just as equally important, we also need to consider the sequence of those values and traits because there can be situations that come up where there might be competing values given the context of a situation you find yourself in. And what everyone needs to know is, within our organization, what is the one value that rules them all, the alpha value? So you've not only got to define them well so that they can actually be measured and observed, but then you've also got to sequence them so that you know which ones may have superiority over the others whenever there might be competing interests there. All of that's going to make up that core identity of that organization And that is what's going to provide clarity to what their culture actually is and what it's supposed to be. I love that. So let's move into sustain. Give us the keys to sustaining organizational culture. So after we've got the clarity piece down and help establish that core identity, the next thing we've got to do is we've got to sustain. We've got to reinforce those values and traits to everyone in the organization. The way that we're going to do that is through carefully crafted employee experiences that are aligned with their culture DNA. One of the easiest ways to do that is to have an actual like growth culture calendar so that you can do things on a monthly basis or on a quarterly basis to help people be the best versions of themselves. Let's say that humility, for example, is going to be a theme for one month. Then we're going to design some activities and experiences that are shown to improve humility. And those are going to be part of the activities and experiences for that month. They're going to be infused with best practices. So these are things that need to be pulled from research and from an evidence base. And then obviously at the end, there needs to be a way to measure impact. So what's the intended result of these employee experiences? And we need to be able to measure them 
so that those things can be tuned over time for an organization. What are the best practices around building the right measurement system to support your growth culture and that culture DNA and best practices to how we sustain the measurement component? It's going to be really challenging if you don't have a technology solution, right? So if you have some intelligent software that can continue to keep things top of mind for people, you know, reach out through email and through text to provide any kind of reinforcement or refreshers on different things throughout the year. That makes people, especially in HR, their job a lot easier so that they can be rest assured that people are constantly being exposed to and reinforced with the values and traits of the organization through the experiences. And then the other thing, too, is what I know from my work as a psychologist um, is that you really want to have a constellation of data from a lot of different sources in order to come to the most accurate conclusions and derive the best outcomes. And by that, I mean, you may want to have some direct assessments. And so that's where maybe you have some coaches or consultants that come in and they might do, you know, like some disk assessments and some of these other assessments that have been designed to give you specific data on the things that they purport to measure. You may also need some survey methodology so that you can get input from everybody within the organization and see what the thoughts, feelings, and perceptions are of people um, at different points in time as to how things are going. And then you also might need things within technology that can automatically measure what people are doing in terms of the experiences themselves. So when I think of sustainability and measurement, that's the key piece is making sure that those things are continually being top of mind for people and put in front of them. And then that you're gathering data from a variety of sources so that you are painting the most accurate picture possible of what your culture reality actually is. Awesome. So Jason, can you share a story of a company that has a healthy, thriving culture, and then also share a story of one that doesn't have that? One of our partners here locally in Indiana, they actually came up with many of their own activities that were related to their values. One of the activities was called Lose Your Marbles, which was focused on showing appreciation to others. And each person in the company got a jar of marbles. And the goal was for you to have lost all of your marbles because you give them away to people as you're showing appreciation to them. And so it's a tangible way of reinforcing and reminding people to take those active steps each week to show appreciation to their teammates and leaders in the organization. Another activity that they came up with was something called a personal coat of arms. And this was to actually help with the clarity of their values. And this was where they worked through um, creating their personal mission and then connecting it to the organizational mission. Some of the other things that were really neat to see um, within the organization was they created a new role, which was a director of culture and talent, because they now understand how important culture is um, as part of their core business processes. Everyone in the organization was also creating growth plans um, to set some audacious goals. They saw increased growth and engagement over time by clearly articulating this and then being tactical um, in terms of how they executed the vision. All right, go ahead and share with us the opposite of a success story, a company that does not have intentional culture strategy going on. So this was an actual experience that I went through, um, you know, fresh out of college when I was working. And the place where I worked, there was really was a lack of communication from leadership unless somebody was messing up. 
And that's when you actually had conversations with leaders. What I noticed early on was that conditioned people that the only time they had meaningful communication with the leadership in the company was when something was wrong. You know, just talk about a morale killer for most people in the organization. And what that ended up creating was I was scared to death of making a mistake. You know, what happens if I don't measure this correctly? Um, I know I'm going to have a conversation with them. And what are the consequences going to be? It even got to a point also where the leaders would actually do walks throughout the lab facility to watch everyone and what they were doing. And it wasn't for the purpose of recognition or any kind of appreciation. It was for the express purpose of trying to catch people messing up. That was something for me that actually was a good experience for me to have. I know that sounds odd, but it was good for me to have because it etched in my brain the antithesis of what it means to have a healthy growth culture. So Jason, I'd love for you to speak into the leader listeners right now that are feeling way off on, you know, they've got a want for this, but they feel like I don't even know where to start. What's that first step? The first step is for the leaders to really understand within themselves and do some self-awareness pieces here of, of asking, what do I really think about culture? Do I believe that it has the ability um, to impact our business in a positive way and help us improve our bottom line and our KPIs? Or do I think that it might just be something that's a fad and that we're going to grow out of it? And then the second piece after that would be start figuring out who you think within your organization are those people that can help be leaders of developing that culture DNA because people learn from watching each other. So you want to make sure after you say, yes, we're committed to having a strong culture, that you then search out for people who you think can be the best carriers of that culture DNA and can model that so that you can have that multiplier effect within the organization so that those cultures and values um, that are so important start to spread through everyone in the organization. How important is it to have one key role to lead and execute the culture strategy? You know, I'd, I'd kind of ask some questions I did earlier. Could you imagine, you know, if you didn't have like a chief revenue officer or someone not running your, your sales or marketing teams? If we want to get serious about culture and reap all the benefits that it has, then there has to be someone who's leading the charge with that within the organization. There has to be that ownership that accountability and that person person that's not only leading the way, but is the key person that has their finger on the pulse of the actual metrics of how things are going. So that if there does need to be some changes in direction, you have somebody with the knowledge that's overseeing everything that can then start to guide and direct those team members into the direction that needs to go based off of how they're looking at the data. How do you suggest others in the organization get behind this? And who are they? Every single person needs to be involved in some way. What we often say within our company is that people grow for their reasons, not yours. Every single person needs to feel like they've been given a voice as to what's important in the culture and how that needs to be shaped. The leaders make the final decisions, but there needs to be that piece of people feeling like their voice is being heard and that they have an opportunity to speak and share their thoughts and ideas um, as to as to what that needs to look like. Well, Jason, this was a fully loaded episode. So awesome. We're going to move into our lightning round where we'll get to learn just a little bit more about you on the personal side and how our listeners can follow up and connect with you. We'll be right back. 
Okay, so we all know not correctly tracking your employees' time, schedules, and leaves directly impacts things like payroll processing, compliance, and other critical parts of a business. But if you want to learn other ways, like maybe no-brainers, you know, those are just reminders, of course, and some not-so-obvious tips to impact your company's bottom line, go to ascentus.com forward slash gut science. You can see that in the show notes. You can request a complimentary review of your processes and policies as a Gut Plus Science listener for free. All right, we're back on Gut Plus Science with Jason Cochran in our lightning round where we get to learn a little bit more about you, Jason. My first question is, favorite book of all time that you would recommend to our leader listener audience? So I would have to say that my favorite book of all time would have to be Brain Rules. That's been a really transformational book for me. Awesome. What's your favorite vacation spot? Jamaica. Absolutely Jamaica. How about a favorite hobby when you're not working? Body Pump. It's a uh, one-hour low weight, high repetition class of weightlifting. And Jason, how can our listeners connect with you after the show today? You can connect with me um, through my email. Um, The email is jason at iaspireapp.com. And then um, you can also connect with me um, through my direct work number, which is 765-409-4522. And you can also reach out to us through our website, which is iaspire.io. Great episode today with Jason Cochran from iAspire. Wonderful platform that they've created. And I'm so excited. We're going to be bringing that into some of the workplaces that we're working on together. Here's my truth you can act on today. Number one, have clarity. Get clear on the why, the how, and the what, the values, and the traits to create the core of your culture. Number two, To sustain, we have to create and implement a system to consistently execute proactive activities to drive our culture. Number three, measure. I can't tell you how important it is to have data and to regularly measure, to have a benchmark, then to be able to look at your iterations of how you're evolving and find areas and pockets where you're challenged and to measure continually looking at the right indicators and honing in the right ways. And number four, consider a key champion to own the culture strategy for execution in your organization. Thanks so much to Jason. We'll see you next week on Gut Plus Science. We just left the world a little bit better. Now go do something with it.